Welcome to Meet the Filmmakers at the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Please welcome your guest moderator, Edith Bowman. I'm going to get straight into it and take a look at the trailer for the film that we're here to talk about tonight. This is Lost River. Looks like we're the only ones left. There's still people here. How can I help? I'd like to stay in the house. Do you mind if I ask why? Because I have two boys and that is our home. I found a road that goes underwater. Must go down to that town. What town? They flooded a bunch of towns when they dammed the river. That's why they call this Lost River. As soon as the last town was drowned, a spell was cast. Everything that's going on around here, it's gotta be for some reason. This is my country! This is my city! Don't let me see your face again! Bully running everything now. Head south, man. What's this? It's a job. Where is that? Somewhere over the rainbow. Let's put it that way. Why would you steal from Bully? He'll hurt you. Hey! You better run your ass! Everybody's looking for a better life somewhere. Hey, want to ride home? What if something happened and we had to leave tomorrow? Would you come? Huge warm welcome to meet the filmmakers here at the Apple Store, the writer and director of the film and star of the film, Mr. Matt Smith and Ryan Gosling. Gents. Thank you. Hi. Um, congratulations, first of all. Your first film, directing and writing. Yeah. Um, I guess if you don't mind, we start, Matt, with, with Ryan and, and find out about the seed of this film. Where did the seed for this idea come from, for this story, first of all? I'm a little, I thought we'd have hand mics. Uh, yeah, you can pretend if you It want. makes it hard to kind of drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the seed of it came from, I had an opportunity to work in Detroit and um, you know, I'm from Canada. Let's just get that out of the way <laughs> right away. And I had a, I, I guess, kind of a crush on, on America and Detroit. Detroit just growing up always seemed like everything cool came from Detroit, you know, from Motown to Eminem to, you know, mo just like Motor City. The, the, really, the image of the American dream or the iconic image of that. And when I, finally had an opportunity to go there, it was just very different, you know? At, at this point, there's like 40 miles of abandoned neighborhoods, and within those neighborhoods, there's, you know, like occasionally families that are trying to keep their homes, and the neighborhoods are being torn down and burned down around them. And when I got there, they had just declared bankruptcy, and they were cutting off the power to the streetlights. So 
it just seemed like that dream had kind of become a nightmare for, for these families. So I just thought I, I would like to try and make a film about that. And was it always your idea that you'd write it and direct it? Um, yeah, well, you know, it, it's, it didn't happen like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct. You <laughs> yeah. know, it just, I had this experience there. I, uh, you know, they were tearing down all these, like, historic buildings, and I thought, if I don't start right now, it's going to be gone. So yeah. I got a red camera, and I just, over the course of a year, sort of went there and just, when I had time, started filming. And it was, suddenly I was making the movie, and then, you know, and then I, I wrote the script, and I had footage that I could use in the film, and then, you know, I was lucky enough to get like my favorite actors on board, and then we got some money, and then we were making it. So it, it happened in a, a sort of a pretty natural way. Then you're here talking about it. Now we're here at the Apple Store talking about <laughs> it. Matt, can I ask you what, what was your reaction when you first read the script? Is that I want to do it. <laughs> it you no, know, it was immediately. It was like I want to do this film, and actually I was meant to fly. I was meant to fly back from New York, and then I got a phone call saying that that, that Ryan was going to come over and meet me, and I remember waiting in the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the in like the waiting room in New York for the meeting, and Ryan walked in and was like, "Hey, Matt." I was like, "Shit, Ryan knows my name." <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the best audition that I've ever had, and and and, and we um and uh, yeah yeah and 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 yeah it, it 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 sort of started really brilliantly for me and continued that way. It was a it was a wonderful process. I, have, I came out of the film with so many questions, and whilst you're watching the film, there's your kind of brains kind of trying to dissect things the whole way through. And one of the things that I was that I kept thinking about once I left the cinema was was Bully's backstory and how he came to be who he is in the film. Was that yeah. something you guys talked about and and kind of worked out in terms of getting there as the character for when you started rolling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the interesting thing about Bully is that he's sort of always been there. He's always been drifting, and we, we, we kind of came across this, you know, it was a really interesting process. There was, all the actors were on the same page, and we worked with this really interesting lady called Greta. Um, and, uh, you know, for Bully, it, it, it was, there was, there was sort of like, for me anyway, there was always like a kind of timelessness to him where he's always been existing, and he was always this sort of weird spirit that had been around forever, living in this desolate place. And, um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's. I thought a lot about that, and actually, this this whole process for me as an actor was was the most sort of unique and rarefied that I've ever had on a on a on a film set because there was a real process before it where we worked with Ryan and Greta and all the other actors, and then once we got onto set, there was a real sort of language between us. It was, it was just fun. It was good fun. Well, we got a we got a clip right here that I'd, I'd kind of like to show you. Talk about kind of being on set, and, and this is a kind of really nice example of the derelict, but also the beauty that surrounds kind of where you shot. Um, so let's take a look at our first clip from the film.
drama. You, you're terrifying. Oh, thank you, Edith. <laughs> you say That's, all the right things. No, everybody on set was scared of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I it's was a scare too. off I between him and Ben Mendelsohn, though. Oh, but also, yeah. as like a first-time director, you know, it's like working with Matt. It's sort of like never shooting a gun and someone handing you a machine gun. You know? <laughs> it was just like he came to set locked and loaded, and it was so intense. And we're just, it was really amazing. Uh, well, I want to ask what that experience was like for you, because obviously you come into this with an amazing kind of back catalog experience as an actor and then you're directing actors. So did that experience help? And how did you feel kind of being the boss and, and, and kind of, you know, telling these guys what you wanted and what you expected? And Well, I, you know, I kind of felt like, what's George Clooney's character in Ocean's Eleven? Uh, he, well, whatever, Ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you get, to, he, or you get to like pick like people who are the best at what they do, you know, you get to everyone's like the, the best in their field, you know? It felt like that. It just felt like everybody were, they were all people that I had either worked with and, and just loved or, or admired, you know. Matt was somebody that I, one day I was watching TV and Doctor Who came on and he was doing this scene, it's amazing, and he was doing this scene where he, uh, he was like yelling at these alien spaceships with a microphone and he was just like, he was just doing it like a boss, you know, it's just like, <laughs> Crushing it, and I remember. I remember thinking, like, as an actor, that I know that is a really, really hard scene to do because I'm pretty sure those spaceships weren't there on the day. <laughs> but he was so convincing and so good, and he's so unique. You know, there's, there's nobody like Matt. You know, it's he's like, he just feels like those actors in the '70s to me. You know, they're yeah. just like they're they're their own thing. And I thought, like, I have to work with this guy. You know, so. When he did the film, it wasn't like I was directing him, really. It was more like I, I, he was there because I wanted to see what he, what he was going to bring and what he wanted to do. And I feel like, generally, that's how it kind of worked. You know, yeah. it was just uh, trying to create a space for them to do their thing. I, I want to talk to you after we see this next clip about kind of collaboration and in improvisation as well on set. And this is a great little scene between yourself and Sarsha. Um, yeah, wow. Billy and Rock. See, well, you know. Now we're talking, Sasha. <laughs> Let's take a Michael look. Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Hey. What's your name? Is my name Rat? Yeah. Because I've got a pet rat. Oh, yeah? What's his name? Nick. Nick the Rat? Mm -hmm. I love the way you stay on her in that scene as well. And you kind of, but it's because the character, he's just always there. That's yeah. kind of what you almost feel. You kind of don't know where he's hiding something. That was one of my favorite scenes to shoot. It was such a crazy night and really kind of one of those scenes where it felt like that's that's what we were that's what we were trying to do, you know? Yeah. Where we, we wanted to find a way to incorporate people from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it was really 
hard thing to do, you know, which the actors did so beautifully, and Matt did, I think, like in this, in my, it's kind of my favorite scene in the, in the movie where we were shooting at a gas station, and it was the only gas station for, for blocks, and I think they were selling something else at the gas station that, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, it was something else, you Sweets. know, other than gas, and people really wanted it. <laughs> and uh, we were shooting, and they didn't care. You know, they mm -hmm. wanted it. And and at a certain point, it got really tense because they were gonna. It just it felt like something was gonna go sideways. So we just said, okay, just like let them in, you know. Yeah. And into the scene, and then they started coming into the scene, and the actors would sort of bring them out of Detroit and into this kind of. It's the fairy tale world of Lost person. River. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and the woman, guy in the gas station. Yeah, yeah. The there's a woman that, that he dances with. It's this woman, Mama A. Mama A. And she, and she just came off the street and she started. She's like, "Damn, you sexy." And he was like, <laughs> and she was like, and they started like this crazy. They were dancing, and he was. It was. It was just insane. But you wow. felt like you were watching like an actor work without a net. You know, there was something that was really kind of happening and Matt just did such a beautiful job of, of, of bringing her into the world of the movie. Oh, that's amazing. Cause yeah, you... and amazing as an actor as well, actually. And that, that was the wonderful thing about the process, you know, is that, is that we were there and we do all the stuff like, well, actually, I wouldn't. I, I had no makeup any day. I'd just get there, put my costume and no on shirt. and go, that was it. Like, and i just get there and, and, and then, any idea that you'd have, like that, for instance, that scene, you know, we'd be filming, but the DP, Benoit, who did such an amazing job as well, he's a, he's a real genius. It would, it, there was a freedom and a sort of instinct to, to what people were doing, you know, and, and I think good directors is, is, they trust the people around them and they invest in the people around them. And I think that, that's, that's really the sort of spirit that we had on this film is that you could take risks. Yeah. And, and so therefore, if you found someone on the street, you'd be like, hey, hey, come here, man. Or, or, or they just come instinctually because there's a film crew in Detroit and it was weird and we just keep rolling. But most regularly than not, you'd have kind of people trying to keep them out. But the fact that you kind of brought them into the film gives it another realness to it and that genuine kind of yeah. reaction to things as well. Yeah, we called them torpedoes. <laughs> and they, would, they would just like, if the scene was getting too, uh, you know, just like much like a scene, uh. we'd s send in a torpedo. And yeah. then he'd come in and just uh, blow it up. Blow it up, man. Is the old guy, the, the removal van, is he a real, a real person? Yes, yeah. That's, Amazing. Yeah, there's a, yeah. he's one of the, basically like a real version of what the characters are in the movie where he grew up on that street and he's the last one there. So it's like, he's the, he's the only person left for, for like five blocks. And uh, we're really lucky to get to do a scene with him. Um, let's have a clip that show a couple of paid, proper cast members, not right, off yeah. the street. Yeah. Um, this is the brilliant Christina Hendricks and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Where's Carl? 
Carl, he's moved on. I've been brought in to uh, consolidate some of these branches. So, how can I help? Carl talked me into this loan. He told me that um, he could get me into my grandmother's house for nothing and that I shouldn't be paying someone else's mortgage. And he didn't explain it to me, and I I never understood it. And then a couple of years later, the rates changed entirely, and I he can, didn't can explain I just, it. I didn't... Can I just cut across you for a moment there? Listen, I, I am all ears, but you're going to have to talk up a little bit because I am very deaf. This happens to be my good ear, but all I heard then was So just... Whatever it was you just said, please, just a little louder. I can't quite hear it. <laughs> oh. um, there's so much about that. I mean, when I watched my divorce, I was looking at every detail, like the mug with the, with the dollar on it, and then when you cut to that scene of him coming in, you're kind of, really messes with your head, because it's slightly... And then he just completely messes with your head, totally. Ben is like a... He's like a human ice cream truck, you know? When he, when he comes around, everybody just lights up, you know? I worked with him on this film, A Place Beyond the Pines, and he would come to set with a boombox, and he'd be playing two live crew, but singing it like he was Al Jolson, you know? And he just, like, he's just, a, he's just got a magic to him, you know? How much of that scene was scripted? Um, I think, I think most of it was, but you know, Ben likes to improvise and you want him to, you know, yeah. he does like that sort of stuff. Was uh, that his idea? Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Oh my but, God, you're kind of, is he, is he taking the mech or is he, is he, you know, and it obviously you kind of, you find out a bit more going on in the film sort of thing, it becomes a bit more, but yeah, that was his idea. It was, and he also like one of the best things too is he does this terrifying dance number at the end of the movie, which I didn't know he was going to do. and. It was like a scene where something like very scary had to happen, but I didn't want to know what it was. And I said, I'm just going to set up the camera and you do what you want to do. And then he came in and he, with his iPad, and he pressed play, and it was this song uh, by Kendrick Lamar, like Bad, Bad, Bad Bitches. Yeah. Okay. And he started doing this terrifying dance routine. And it just kind of melted all of our faces off. Yeah, I can, I can confirm that it is absolutely terrifying. I mean, there's, there's so much to, to the film and, and that scene as well. You almost, when you see that, that scene stand alone, the colorscape to it is so different to, yeah. to other parts of the film. It almost felt for me that kind of emotions had different colors to them in a way, that that, that kind of helped you get in at the frame of mind as an audience member as to where you should be going with it. Was that a conscious thing? Is that, or am I kind of... Yeah, well, we were trying to, with the film, uh, make it bl blur the line between the fantasy and the reality. When you're in these neighborhoods, they're so, it's very real, but it's very surreal at the same time. And it's, it was, you know, part of the reason why we tried to tell it in a fairy tale format was to, was to try and find a way to tap into that surreal feeling. Because if it were just sort of be trying to deal with the reality of it, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get the whole spectrum of it. So we just, we thought like, that we needed to add like a, a color that would be, you know, specific to the world, and yeah. and uh, I think we're all Purple Rain fans, and we just said let's go for purple, and <laughs> that, that became the color of the film. Yeah, that pink in the corridor as well. When you go down, it's kind yeah. of like yeah. yeah. What's, well, but, what's really interesting about it is is that like them, for instance, that first shot, 
It feels like like 2000. It's wit at, like at times to me, it feels like a science fiction movie. Like there's shots in it, you know, like that. You're like, it feels like you're in a completely alien world. And like that scene, for instance, where they come down in the corridor, it could be straight out of a sort of science fiction movie, which I've, you know, I like science fiction. So <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said that you um, you drew a bit of inspiration from 80s family fantasy films. Yeah. That you, you kind of remember watching as a, as a kid. That was inspirational for you. Yeah, when I sent the script to my composer, Johnny Jewell, um, he read it, he sent me, he just sent me a text a few hours later, it said, Dark Goonies, cool. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, like he gets it, you know, it was like, we were trying to do our version of Goonies or Secret of Nim or like those early Spielberg Amblin films, mm -hmm. but sort of, you know, by way of, of, of like what we, how we feel about movies now, but, yeah. you know, uh, so, so yeah, so those, those 80s films were sort of, were a big inspiration. Can we mention Ian as well, um, yes, who, who, who is brilliant in, in the film um, as Bones, he's, he's just... Scottish. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So, thank you. Um, no, my pleasure. Thank you for that. Absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> what, what was it about him? What, why was he white for this? And, I mean, yeah, what, what, why, why, why Ian? Um, Ian's like, you know, he's just... He's tough as nails, you know. He's cra I mean, he's crazy. He's like, you know, he doesn't seem like it, but he is. He, he uh, he's just so. Uh, you know, for instance, like a way that some people make money in Detroit is they strip these these abandoned buildings of all of their copper, and it's quite dangerous. And and but that's what the main character in the film does for money. And Ian moved to Detroit a month earlier, and he just stripped. He stripped copper. And wow. he, you know, walked every block of these really dangerous neighborhoods, and he just was, he just lived it, you know. He he totally immersed himself in it, and he just he really became this character. So he brought a level of authenticity to it that I don't think a lot of people would have had the guts to do. Yeah, no. you really believe him on, on on all levels. Right, we've got time for a few questions from our audience, and um, just a few, I'm afraid. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with the lady there with the flowery dress on. Is it flowery? Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. I'm, and you are a lady, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, as an actor myself, I'm inspired by both of your work, and I always have been. So I'm just wondering how you got to where you are in both of your careers at such a young age, and what advice you might have for someone trying to follow in your footsteps. Well, Matt. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that young. <laughs> <laughs> Age slowly wearing me down. Um, no, I well, I, I was a sportsman, weirdly enough, and I was lucky. I had a really wonderful teacher called Mr. Hardingham, who, who, who sort of encouraged me into this thing called the National Youth Theatre. How, um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Twenty-one. So you should maybe like apply to it. It's, it's a really good thing, and yeah, and you go in the summer and you do a course and then you do a play and, and then yeah. But I did it quite late on. I sort of fell into acting really and here I am. But I think read as many plays as you can, as many films, go and see as many things as you can. Just try and immerse yourself in it, really. And also just, uh, you know, the way that I found uh, Ian for the film was there's a website called Cast It, where you don't have to have an agent to audition for things. And I thought it was really amazing. I mean, he does, he's a, you know, he, but he, he, I found his audition on there anyway, but it's a really great, tool, I think if you're a filmmaker or if you're an actor, because 
like, well, for me anyway, you know, I saw like hundreds of auditions because of it, and, and these were, you know, so I got to see my movie sort of hundred, hundred, hundreds of different ways, you know? Mm. And uh, it's very intimate because you make it yourself, so you don't have to go through a casting director, you don't have to go through an agent. I just feel like now is a great time if you want to do it because it's, there's so many ways to sort of like, you know. Uh, Be immediate yeah. to someone like, like Ryan, you know, yeah. where you can go and he, and he can see it. Sure. I'm going to go to the lady who's had her hand up for the last three and a half minutes. So it's <laughs> either going to fall off or we have to get the question from. I'm afraid it's our last question. Um, Sorry. Um, Matt, for you, because you've played, not played very, like, many horrible characters, like, then Patrick Bateman, yeah. and then, uh, like, an educational film at NYT. Yeah. Um, what was it like to go from playing the doctor yeah. when filming at the 50th special to go and playing someone like Billy? Oh, it was amazing. Like, yeah, that. A very good question as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. It, it, it was, you know, the amazing thing <clears throat> about Bully is that I feel like I still don't really know him. Like I sort of want to play him again. Do you know what I mean? But it was, um, it was wonderful, really, because there was a sort of, uh, there was a chaos and a madness. And I, I read a book called The Far Side of Madness um, when I got this part, and it was all about the Messiah complex, and it was all about weirdly, there's loads in it about copper. Which I never told you, yeah. Which I found in Detroit at that amazing bookstore, which was next to. The I like the best bookstore I've ever been to. And I bought three books. I bought The Far Side of Madness, The Biology of Violence and Psychosis. And because I had nothing to do on my days off, I read all these, all these books. And it was, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a very, this was a very special process and it was great. Brilliant. Loved it. And I got to wear that jacket. <laughs> Did you get to keep it? Yeah. Yes. Wearing it to Glastonbury this get year. Get it! Yeah, we got, <laughs> we're going to spot you a mile yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. <laughs> Don't worry. Hey, listen, you've both got famous jackets, yeah. so it's great. You know, yeah, you've got this one, you've got the drive one, so it's, yeah. kinda, it's yeah. fine. I wore it yeah. for Halloween. I'm shameless. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, is, is this the route you want to take now, the directing? Is this kind of the, the passion from, from this experience? Is that, you know, is the next project going to be a directing project again, or do you know yet? I don't know. I loved it, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you don't really know how to make a movie until you make one, and so now I, f I feel like I learned so much from doing it, I'm anxious to get back in and, you know, try and apply that, but it's also, you know, I always admired, uh, you know, guys that were able to do both, and I feel like they help each other out, you know, I feel like it, doing it helped me understand sort of what my role as an actor was in a film, and I think it's nice. Have you worked with directors that have acted? Yeah. Or yeah. Well, nice well actually, just you, really. Well, yeah. that's you the problem. Too, it's like yeah. nice. It's nice that they take acting classes or something. You know, yeah. They it, know a yeah. little bit about what yeah. it's like, so I think they help one another. Yeah. Anyway, it's good job security, you know, because if they don't want to hire me anymore, <laughs> I'll just hire myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, congratulations on this. Lost River is out in cinemas on Friday and on demand and on iTunes. Uh, Matt and Ryan, thank you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you, you so very much. much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.